0: Welcome to First 100K, the show where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000. Digging deep to find the tools, tactics, and superpowers you can use to go from A to 100K. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida, where I have the privilege of helping hundreds of entrepreneurs to make their first 100K. Now, Today, our featured guest is courageous entrepreneur, Aaron Walker. Now, Aaron Walker is a guy who doesn't just believe in being successful in business. He believes in something so much greater, I think. He believes don't just strive for success, strive for significance, meaning are you just chasing the money or are you chasing contribution, adding value to the world? That's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. Aaron does that in so many different ways. Now, he's a successful published author. He's got his book called View from the Top, Living a Life of Significance, exactly what we're talking about. And then he's got this really cool mastermind group called Iron Sharpens Iron. And you could probably pick up the biblical reference if you're a Christian out there listening right now. And uh, he's going to talk a little bit about that. You can find all of this content, all this value that he's providing in the world at viewfromthetop.com. That's viewfromthetop.com. Aaron, go ahead and jump in uh, here. Welcome to the show and fill in a few gaps in that intro, would you?
1: Hey, Joseph, thanks for having me on, buddy. I've been fired up to be your guest. And we got the privilege to meet at PodFest face to face, right? We were hanging out, and you said, Hey, I know who you are. I'm going to be interviewing you next week. And so that was pretty exciting for me as well. I'm going to give you just a snapshot of my history just for context, and then we can talk about some of the places that we've been successful and some places that we've not been so successful. But I'm a native Nashvilleian. I grew up as a poor kid in Nashville, Tennessee at 18 years old. Met a couple of guys that had a lot of money. We formed a partnership. We built a great business. Nine years later, I was 27. I sold out. I retired. I was finished forever, I thought. I sold the business uh, to this Fortune 500 company. Took off about 18 months. I didn't do anything but get fat and lazy. Robin goes, I didn't sign up for this. Like, you've gained 50 pounds in 18 months. Like, what are you doing? So I go back, buy the company that I started with when I was a teenager. We grew it to four times the size it was before I bought it. God was good, business was amazing. I was working three days a week. My partner was working three days a week and I'm thinking, this is utopia. Like I'm married, got two little kids, business is good, schedules amazing. Until August 1st, 2001, I'm headed to the office 17 years ago, and I run over and kill a pedestrian on my way to the office. And Joseph, my life come to a screeching halt. I mean, like, boom. Wow. And I'm like, God, are you kidding? This can't be real. I mean, seriously, this guy's got to be just hurt bad. Make a long story short, his name was Enrique. He was 77 years old. He didn't see me, stepped out in front of me. He lived three days in the Vanderbilt trauma unit. And They called me on Saturday morning and they said, Enrique didn't make it. Man, you could have drove a stake through my heart and it not hurt any worse. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what does this mean?
0: What was going through your head at that time,
1: Aaron? Yeah, well, it was like moving in slow motion. It was absolutely like I was watching a movie. I mean, I couldn't believe it. It was like, how in the world? I mean, successful business guy, everything's going my way. Life is good, a beautiful wife. We got married two weeks out of high school, you know, and things have been just amazing. Two beautiful kids. I got this schedule that I'm working three days a week. My partner's working three days. We're doing this for 10 years. I mean, we had a place, you know, in the mountains, place in Nash's. I mean, couldn't have been any better. And then boom, I'm blindsided. Mm. So I'm thinking, I don't know what to do. So I go home, Robin and I talk over the next several weeks. We decide to sell the business. I said, I've been chasing money since I was 13 years old. I'm 40 years old now. And uh, I got to get my feet back under me. I go to counseling. I get my... Uh, accountability partners around me, people in my church around me, and you don't kill somebody and get over it. God gives you the grace to learn how to deal with it, and that's what he gave me, so I took five years off, Joseph. I didn't do anything for five years. We traveled all over the world. We built a new house. We kind of changed locations here in Nashville and kind of got a fresh start. Robin goes, okay, you're getting fat and lazy again. It's time to go back to work, So I built a construction company uh, from one or two small houses, uh, that the same company that built my house, to number one construction company in Middle Tennessee three consecutive years. I retired at 50. Seven years later, uh, we ended up uh, taking it easy for a third time. Robin said that we've retired more than the law allows. And I've been in a mastermind group for decades with Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller and Ken Abraham, some of those guys you may or may not recognize their name. They said, what are you going to do now? And I said, I'm going to go to the Caribbean. I'm going to sit on the front porch of a tiki hut, and I'm going to rock myself into an oblivion. That sounds like
0: the American dream right there. It
1: it did. But then (laughs) Dan Miller is sitting there, and he said, that's the most selfish thing I've ever heard you say. What? I wanted to reach over and poke him in the eye. I'm like, what are you saying? I've been working since I was 13. You're like, said, I deserve this. Well, that's the way that's I feel. Yeah. And so here's what he said. You've got a 30 plus year successful marriage. You've owned a dozen businesses. You need to coach other people and teach them how to do the same. So I started thinking about it, went to Entree Leadership Mastery Series and fell in love with it, went to, on, went to innovate with Dan Miller, loved it. And then Dan Miller texted me on my way home. We all live here in Nashville, not far from each other. And he said, those people were leaning in, listening to you. You need to coach. So I started coaching. Then I started doing podcast interviews. Now we have 100 people in our mastermind groups. Uh, We're in seven different countries. I get to coach national and international businessmen, helping them understand how to be hugely successful financially, simultaneously being really significant. Because that's the piece it. I was missing, Joseph, the significance. And that's yeah. what I wanted to do. And,
0: and once you get to the top, right, it's empty,
1: isn't it? Yeah, well, here's the success, thing. We've all you know, got to decide yeah, what that is. But financially, it doesn't scratch the itch like you think it's going to scratch the itch. Right? That's right.
0: Yeah, I remember back in the day, you know, I had early success at age 19, a yeah. multimillion dollar company, and I retired Kind of early, semi-retired. I took off for five years and I partied like a rock star. Mm -hmm. um, Did the prodigal son years and all that. And I'll tell you, it was the emptiest, loneliest, most miserable, darkest time of my life was when I had everything that society says is what you want. So I love it. You really launched into the interview there and you're making this effortless for me. So thank you for that, Aaron. So I'm gonna bring it back a little bit. Um, Let's get down to business. Our audience always loves context. Um, How much revenue did your business do in the last 12 months gross revenue approximately?
1: Yeah, this one, well, we own a number of them. So, uh, you know, because I've got other people involved, it's kind of hard for me to divulge that information, uh, well in excess of your first hundred K is that fair to say? So, uh, yeah, I'm a little bit cautious and careful with sharing revenue for two reasons. First of all, I think that's private. Second of all, it motivates some people and it really demotivates others. There are many people that put their numbers online every single week. And you know, I think you got to be careful. Matter of fact, I'll just go as far as to say I disagree with that. And the reason I disagree with it is you don't have context on what I've been through for 39 years to get that. You don't know what's at risk in order for me to get that. The second thing is, is that does motivate some guys, but some guys go, I could never do that. And they sit in the corner because they're like, mm. I could never approach that. And so for me, I've just elected not to go there. I got it. Once no, quick, but you're fine. I'm yeah. letting you off
0: the hook with that one because you, yeah. you framed it really well because this interview is about significance. It's sure. not about financial success. So I'm gonna go yeah. with that. Why do you think, Aaron, that 90% of entrepreneurs are struggling to make their first 100k and stay struggling to make? Yeah,
1: first? it's an upper limit challenge. We think we don't deserve it. And we think that uh, it's not obtainable for uh, for themselves. They, they believe it for other people. They don't believe it for themselves.
0: Why do you think and, that is?
1: Yeah, Gay Hendricks talks about it in his book, The Big Leap. And we all have upper limit ceilings. We all have challenges. And I hired a coach personally years ago, Dr. David Kruger, is head of Baylor University Psychology Department. Baylor University's got seven books to his credit, over 100 papers. He's in the Doctors Who's Who's of America. And he teaches us why we do some of the things that we do. And I wanted to understand that. So I hired him for a long time to understand what are some of the challenges that are in my repertoire of bad thinking that I need to overcome. First of all, it's a mindset of, I can't do it. And it's that fixed mindset that Carol Dweck talks about in her book, Mindset. We have to have a growth mindset, not a fixed mindset. And we have to overcome those challenges. And you can't do that alone. You've got to have people around you because, Isolation is the enemy to excellence. So if you want to get further ahead, you've got to get people around you. I love that.
0: I see that. That's uh, why they
1: can't do it alone.
0: Got it. Got it. All right. And one thing I say on the show so often is that the number one reason why small businesses fail is not because of lack of funding. I believe it's because of isolation. That's the number one reason. Because if you're out there and surrounding yourself by people who are lifting you up, you'll find the funding. You'll find the resources that you need. So, we're spot on with that. What would you say? You've already shared pretty much your entrepreneurial story, the journey you, you brought us through really quickly and elegantly. So thank you for that. Um, what would you say is your superpower in all the businesses that you've grown successfully? What is that one thing that only you can do? You do it the best. You outsource everything else to your team and those around you.
1: Yeah, there's two things that I do, and I have found out that it's a God given gift. First of all, it's my ability to build relationships. Number one key hands down to my success for 39 years, 12 businesses behind me, we're working on three more right now, is my ability to build relationships. You and I met at PodFest and you saw that rarely was I inside the rooms. I was in the hall, I was at Starbucks, I was having coffee with somebody. I'm nurturing, building relationships nonstop. I do it very intentional each and every day. Today, I've done it from the very beginning. My dad taught me a lot about building relationships and it is paramount in your success. A lot of people think they can sit in their office behind the screen and make a living and you can. You can make a living sitting by, but overall, if you want to be uh, an entrepreneur that can be diverse in many arenas, you have to have the ability to learn how to build relationships. At the end of the day, it's all that matters. At the end of the day, the second one is my encouragement. I have the ability to encourage others. I look outward and not inward. And I want to encourage you today to think about if you're a giver or a taker. Adam Grant wrote a great book called Give and Take, and we need to be givers. And the more we give, the more we'll get. And the more we encourage, the more we'll be edified. And the more we lack, and understand the ability to be isolated, and that is the enemy to excellence, the more we'll prosper and the faster we'll get through. Now,
0: Aaron, I know this sounds like a basic question, but we have a listener right now who is hearing your message and saying, I'm a giver, but I'm surrounded by takers. What do I do?
1: Yeah, you keep giving and you give more. I give and give and give and give and give and give. It's the jab, 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 right hook mentality. On steroids. You cannot go wrong. You're going to be taken advantage of. There's people who are going to suck the life out of you. They're going to take you, they're going to take advantage of you, and you keep giving. It's the natural reciprocity among good people to give back. And we introduce so many people on a daily basis now, I can't answer all the emails to the people wanting me to be introduced to others. I share my secrets and tips. I share my hacks. There's a guy recently called me wanted to join my mastermind. He said, before I join your mastermind, I've got to tell you, though, the only reason I'm joining is because I want to do it just like you're doing it. I want to coach just like you're coaching. I want to lead masterminds just like you're doing. And I would be less than honest if I didn't tell you that. And I said, praise the Lord. Come on. I'll teach you everything I know. I'll open the playbook. I'll connect you with the people that I know. I'll show you exactly how to do it. And he, he said, why? I said, because there's millions of people out there that need your services and I have an abundance mindset. I don't have a scarcity mindset. And I know the more I connect you and show you and I'm light to the room, the more people you're gonna bring back to me. It's just the way it is. Are there people take advantage of you? A hundred percent. And you just keep marching to that same drummer and you're gonna be successful. Keep giving.
0: I love it, Aaron. Speak to us about your inner circle. What if your inner circle has takers in it? What do they, you do?
1: I don't have inner circle with takers. I get rid of them.
0: There you go. How do, how do you do that, right? Because there's people right now where their inner circle, their five closest people that they surround yeah. themselves with yeah. are not contributing
1: back to them. They sometimes. need to get rid they, of them. Okay. They need to change their inner circle. It's your choice. Nobody's making you have a relationship with those people. I pick my inner circle very, 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 very carefully. And I want people around me that are willing to tell me the truth, give it to me on the chin, but they're not naysayers. They're not takers. I wanna be around people that's like, we lock arms, we have that camaraderie, we're gonna figure it out together. It's what I did with Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller and Ken Abraham and Jeff Mosley and Tommy Summers. These are guys that we came together decades ago and we've all built our business. Dave Ramsey gave me advertising to try him, to be his sponsor. And after I tried him, it worked. He was on one radio station in Nashville, Tennessee. I spent 21 years being his sponsor after that. He was giving, right? He even gave in the beginning. He gave me advertising to try him. Now he's on 700 radio stations speaking to 8 million people a day. Dan Miller, the same way. He gives away 85% of everything he creates, and he makes a lot of money off of the things that he has for sale. Jeff Mosley, Ken Abraham, same way. Ken Abraham's written 115 books now right? Decades ago, he didn't, but he gave his services and then people liked him and he was successful. Now, anybody that's anybody, he's written their book. I've been surrounded by these guys because the people that take, they didn't stay long, right? You get rid of those people. The people in my inner circle personally, the same way. I have people that we've been in small group together for 10, 12 years. We vacation together. We go on vacation together. We do everything together because those are the people that edify me, lift me up, and encourage me. I haven't got time for naysayers. I don't have time people to suck the life out of me. I've only got one life. I got one go-through. I don't get this is not a practice round, right? And I want to get the people around me that's going to help take me to that next level.
0: Startup Nation, listen to what Aaron is saying here. These are like truth value explosions. If you're surrounded with naysayers, start removing them one at a time. Start with the biggest first, the one who's sucking all the life out of you. Get rid of that person. Eliminate them from your life. If you love them, if you care about them, you have some kind of friendship there, give them a choice. Say, listen, This is where I'm headed in my life. You can either be with me and add value to me the way I do to you, or you're no longer a part of it. That's it, it's your choice, it's up to you. And if they don't rise to the occasion, eliminate them, let them fire themselves, that's the way I see it. Uh, Describe to us, Aaron, your biggest fail, mistake, or setback, uh, your first year in business. Pick um, your most recent business.
1: Yeah, you know, first of all, Joseph, I don't believe in failure, I believe you either learn uh, or you succeed. I don't believe Mm -hmm. in failure. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's how you couch it. It's back to the mindset. And so I've learned a lot. Uh, what I did learn early on, not just in this business, but is that I didn't give probably enough early on. And -hmm. I've done that in every business, uh, subsequent to this one, but probably in this business, I was a little more guarded. Because it was an online world that I'd never been in. I'd been in bricks and mortar up until that point. And I didn't, it thir- did, wasn't that I was against doing it, I didn't know how. And so, since I've been in this space now for about five years, I've learned how to give in this online space. And we do that through endorsements, we do it through testimonials, we do it through video, through email, words of encouragement, through phone calls. And you say phone calls, big A, what does that mean? Like when your phone rings, Joseph, and you look down at your phone and I see it's Joseph, something comes to my mind, Mm -hmm. right? Either like, what does he want now? Or (laughs) this is going to suck the life out of me. Or dude, I can't answer it fast enough because Joseph brings the light and I can't wait to see what comes to their mind when your name comes up on their phone right? Mm -hmm. That's what we've got to think about. And I call people and here's how the conversation goes. Joseph, how's it going, buddy? Good. How's your wife? Good. Kids, business, good. Everything? I'm just checking on you. And you're waiting on the question. You're waiting on what I really called about. Mm -hmm. And I go, hey man, have a good one. If you need me for anything, let me know. And you hang up and you're sitting there kind of in awe and you're going, dude really cared about me. He didn't ask for anything. Calling to borrow my lawnmower. He didn't need a connection. (laughs) He didn't need an endorsement and another review. It's like, he really, he's really checking on me. You've made an indelible impression on Joseph. Now we got a relationship. The other way, it was like, now we're getting around to what you really wanted. You didn't give a crap about Mm. me or my wife or my business. See, we got to do, I do endorsements all the time through video. I did one for Jamie Masters not long ago, on eventual millionaire. She's had me on a couple of times. I sit here at my computer and I did a video endorsement, 30 seconds. Hey man, you got to go check out her show and check out. It was amazing. 15 minutes after I sent it, I said, Hey, use this ever how you want to, you know, it's just for you. She said, do you mind if I put it on my social media three? I was like, no, you've only got a trillion followers. Sure. Put it on there. Like I give these kind of things every day before people ask, right? Now they know I care about them. Now they know I'm interested. That's what I'm talking about in building a relationship. The other way is people ask me all the time, will you introduce me to Dave Ramsey? No, I won't. I will not introduce you. What have you done for financial peace? What have you done for Dave? How have you promoted him? How have you endorsed him? Listen, I'm speaking at social media marketing world in two weeks Three years ago, when I first started going to social media marketing, I loved it. Michael Stelzner put on an unbelievable event. Unbelievable. I mean, it was incredible, the event he puts on. Quality all the way. And so I got on Facebook Live, and I'm promoting him. I'm doing videos, endorsements, putting it on my thread. And he's like, who is this? I didn't even know him. He didn't even know who I was. So a year goes by, I'm promoting it because it's an amazing event. Well, the next year, John Lee Dumas calls me and he said, Hey, man, I'm going to do this panel. Would you be on it with me? Sure. Still didn't know Michael. So I'm still doing videos, still promoting him. I get on social media, Twitter, you know, get on Facebook. I'm promoting. He invites me to speak this year, right? Because I've paid my dues. I'm promoting him. I'm helping him. I'm encouraging him. I'm telling people, go. Like It's not like, oh, Michael Stelster, you need to have me speak. No, he doesn't even know me right? We got to build these relationships over time. And that's what I'm telling you guys to do out there today. Be patient and start building these relationships over time. It's like dating. You don't knock on the door and the girl opens the door. You grab her and kiss her, right? You buy her flowers. You take her to dinner. You take her to a movie. Maybe you'll get a kiss, right? Later. It's Aaron, a have, I have, I, I have we'll done wait. that once or twice. Well, it don't work well, Joseph. <laughs> it doesn't work out, right? I'm you can not- attest to that. It doesn't work. <laughs> But understand. that's what we do in business. And yeah. now we've built such a base of people. When I do need something, I pick up the phone, I email and say, hey, Joseph, listen, man, if you don't mind, I could use some help. I need a review. I need an endorse- Yeah, Are you kidding? You've been endorsing me forever. How fast can I get it to you? Let me get my buddies. You see how it works? It's so sweet when we do it this way because we're investing the time.
0: Startup Nation, if you're listening to Aaron the way I'm listening to Aaron, I am seeing what's missing in my own way of doing business. I'm seeing what's missing in my relationships with others. Just calling someone and saying, hey, I'm just checking on you with no agenda, no anything, and then hanging up the phone. Man, what a game changer, right? Because they are thinking on the other side of the line, just like Aaron was saying, we're skeptical, we're cynical. It's how our brain works as humans. And we're thinking, when are they going to drop the bomb? What do they want? What do they need from me? They're about to take something and they're waiting for it. And when you don't do the ask and you just hang up the call and you really were sincere about it, I could see, man, right now in my own life, me doing that to a few people um, over time. The, how that would change those relationships. Sarah Aaron, I just want to thank you for that value. You contributed to my life personally today. Um, how many hours per week would you say, do you work your first year in business? I know you've had 12 and you're working on three more right now, but like my how many hours? First
1: you- year, like my first company when I was 18 years old and I opened this company, right? That's when we're talking about. It was nothing for me to work 12, 18 hours a day. I wasn't, didn't have any children. I wasn't married the first year that I started my first business. I've literally, here's the, let me just say, I'm gonna be honest with you, okay? I'll get some people mad at me on this, but that's okay. We're living in a society today, it's microwave. Nobody wants to delay gratification for the greater good later. Hardly anybody. And here's the thing, keeping up with the Joneses. Facebook is an amazing thing. It's also a very big detriment because all we see is everybody's good stuff. The Facebook persona, I hate it. It's like real, I mean, really, I'm just showing you all the pictures of Hawaii and my big house and all that, but you're not there when I'm working 18 hours a day and I'm sweeping the floors and cleaning the toilets and I'm putting in the showcases or whatever I'm doing, like, you got to do it all. Well, I was willing to do it all because I didn't have anything. And I said, I can't screw this up. A year later, Robin and I got married. Robin came from a poorer family than I did, if you can imagine that. And my dad never made over $15,000 a year in his life. We lived in a 600-square-foot house that he gave $6,500 for the house I grew up in. Like, I wanted a better life, so I said, I can't screw this up. So here's what we did. We borrowed $150,000 in the 70s. Now, when you're 18 in the 70s, that's a lot of money. And my partner said, we want you to sign the note with us. So now I'm responsible. I'm like, I thought y'all had the money. They said, we do have the money, but we want you to sign the note too. 10-year loan, $150,000. I said, Robin, we can't screw this up. So we're going to take every dollar and we're going to pour it back into the company. We're not going to take any money out except what it takes us to live. $18,000 was my salary. 36 months later, I would paid that note off. I paid a 10-year loan off in three years. Now I'm 21 years old. I have a paid-for business. So I go repeat it and I do it again. $18,000 salary is the same. I could have bought a much bigger house, bigger car. I could have done whatever I wanted to at that point. I had paid a paid-for business that was crushing it. I did it again. Paid it off in about four years. Then I did it again. Then I did it again. I kept doing it until I was 27 years old. And then I had something that a Fortune 500 company wanted to buy. Back up. 21 years old, I start spending the money. I don't expand. I got a big house. I'm keeping up with the Joneses. I got a nice car, right? Because all my buddies are looking at me, right? It's what we're thinking. It's not true, but it's what we're thinking. I would have never sold out to a Fortune 500 company. They wouldn't have wanted to buy me. My point is, is we delayed the gratification then so I can live like nobody else now, Mm. right? Guys, listen, you have got to be thinking further down the road than Friday or next month. You've got to be thinking long-term, right? You've got to be thinking like a lot of the other uh, ethnic groups do, like the Japanese. They think in decades, and they think in centuries. They don't think about Friday, and I just want to help you understand. If you really want to crush it, extend your train of thinking to longer than next Friday or next year, and you'll do really good.
0: I love that advice, Aaron. So many of us can really learn from that. In my 20s, man, I was instant gratification, instant gratification. Now, as I run my businesses, it's about delayed gratification for the big payoff. You know, that's what it comes down to. What was your number one fear that really messed with your head your first year in business?
1: Yeah, well, when you go borrow $150,000 and you're 18 years old in the 70s, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, am I ever going to get this paid off? And so there was a fear there that if it didn't go like I wanted it to, Uh, I'd go bankrupt, which at that time, it probably didn't matter. I didn't have anything anyway, but I, I was determined. My mom had a saying when I was a kid, can't, couldn't do it and could did it all. And she would never allow us to say the word can't. She would say, you might not be able to do it, but you're going to try. Well, as a result of her pushing me through those upper limit challenges, I built a lot of self-confidence, not arrogance. There's a big difference in Mm self-confidence and arrogance, right? And I built a lot of self-confidence and then I wasn't afraid to try things. See, here's the thing. I couldn't lay in bed at night now and think, "Would it have worked?" See, for me, that would kill me. I'm like, you know what? I'll go for it. The difference between me and some other people is, is they're worrying and wondering, "Would it have worked?" And I know it did or didn't. And -hmm. see, that way I can live with that. It's like maybe you would have been on Shark Tank, maybe you would have sold out to a Fortune 500 company. But if you're not in the game, you don't even have a chance, right? I bought a piece of property at auction once. The guy that bought it, the I bought it, but the guy that was bidding against me bid thousand dollars less than me. And he came up after the auction because I bought it, two hundred eighty-one thousand dollar piece of property. And he walked up to me. He said, "I want to shake the hand of a fool." I said, "What? You just bid a thousand dollars less than me?" And he said, "Do you really think you're going to make any money on this building?" And I said, "One thing's for sure, I got a chance, and you don't." <laughs> That's the way I feel about business today right? If you're not in the game, you don't even have a chance. So quit worrying about what everybody else is saying and go out there and crush it. I love it.
0: Aaron, you're dropping a lot of business advice here. What's the best advice you've ever received?
1: Fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's exactly spot on to the story you just shared.
1: See, that's, that's the best advice I've ever got. At it. Yeah, go for it. Roll the dice. Here's the thing. It's the 30, 45, 60 rule. When you're 30 years old, you think everybody's talking about you. When you're 45, you don't care. When you get to be 60, you find out they weren't talking about you to begin with. Right? Stop worrying about what everybody else is not saying. You're not that popular, nor am I. Nobody's sitting around their dinner table talking about your successes or failures. Just go out there and go for it. And I promise you, if you develop a mindset of can, and you develop a mindset of fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure, You'll be successful. You got to work. You got to strive and you got to go for it. Love
0: it. Uh, Share with us one of your daily habits that's helped you to get to where you are right now,
1: Aaron. Well, I am so routine, I'm boring. And (laughs) I mean, I'm very, very regimented and I have been for decades. Uh, My morning routine is like clockwork and I've done it for decades. I'm a Christ follower. So every morning starts in Bible study and in prayer and in reading. So I'll read minimum of two hours a day, every day. And I've been doing that forever. I've read hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books. People say, I don't like to read. Well, you need to get over it and grow up because you don't just wake up smarter. Listen to it through Audible, do it through Kindle, get the hardback, I don't care. But you need to educate yourself Great. Podcasts like yours, you need to read great blogs, you need to read great books, you need to surround yourself with people that are going to take you there. We turned the news off 15 years ago, right? I don't fill my head with that garbage. I can't do anything about somebody bombing somebody in Iraq. I mean, I hate it, but there is nothing I can do about that. I can't take one more murder, one more baby killing, one more rape, one more stabbing. All you're doing, do you know what that's doing to your mental well being? It's crushing you. You need to be aware of the big things. But you don't need to fill your mind with that garbage every day. Think about if you filled your mind with that positive things. Every single day for me starts out, like I said, in prayer and scripture reading, praise and worship music. I sit and meditate for 20 minutes. I'm silent. I just listen, right? Because I believe in a higher power and I believe he's going to talk to me and tell me what to do. That's just the way I feel. And I've done that for decades and it starts out really well. I don't pick up the phone right out of the gate, start emailing and all that. No, I do the important things first to get myself centered and get myself focused and I'm very deliberate. The other thing is, is everything I do is written down. I've got a spreadsheet. I know the themes, the books, the people I'm gonna interview, the blogs I'm gonna write, 40 blogs already titled, ready to write. I know exactly what I'm gonna do. It keeps that shiny object syndrome at bay. And every day I go, hey, this is what I gotta do today. Very scheduled, I live by the calendar. If it's not on there, it doesn't get done. And so when you start doing things very regimented and very methodical, you can't help but be successful, right? You build up that critical mass, and you can't help but be successful. But here's what happens. Nobody writes anything down. They don't have a schedule. There's no routine. And then they whine and groan and complain and gripe because they're not successful. I give two years to everything I do. If I'm not willing to put two years into it with no return, I don't do it. And I do it every single day. I do three blogs a week. I do four Facebook lives a week. I did 200 podcast interviews last year and the year before and the year before, done over 600 podcast interviews, because it works. People say, why do you do that? I go home at night, sometimes I can't even talk, because I'm exhausted. You got to leave everything, nothing on the field, you got to squeeze every drop out of it. And I go home at night, I am like, I gave all I had to give today. And then I get up tomorrow, and I go do it again.
0: Aaron, was there ever a time when you weren't, um, like this where you had everything regimented and maybe you would like the rest of us out there, right? Where you didn't have it. Was there ever a time like that or have yeah, you always been yeah,
1: wired? There, well? No, there was. When I was in my twenties and early thirties, you would not have had me on as your guest. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't I was very cocky and I was very arrogant early on because hey, poor kid from Nashville builds a company at 18, sells at twenty-seven, I'm the golden child. Right. And I thought everything I touched turned to gold. That is not true. My dad come up to me one day and he said, I got a little word of advice for you. And I said, okay. He said, I'd be really nice to the people that you pass as you go up that ladder, because when the top rung breaks, you're going to pass those same people coming down. Mm -hmm. And then I started thinking about that and I thought, you know what? He's right. Nobody is too big to fail. Nobody. And my dad really encouraged me on building the relationships and showing me what really matters in life. Listen, I gotta tell a quick story. So $15,000 a year is most money my dad ever made in his life. When my dad died in 06, I stood at his casket with my two brothers and my sister and my mom, and we greeted people coming through paying their condolences. It was an hour and a half wait. The line was around the parking lot, around the building, to get in to see us, to pay condolences to a man that never made over $15,000 a year's life. Every person that came to me said, let me tell you what your dad did for me. Let me tell you how your dad encouraged me. Let me tell you how your dad was always there for me. People 15 to 75 crying at my dad's casket. Not one person, Joseph, listen, not one person said your dad had a nice boat, a nice house, a nice car, Every person for six and a half hours said, let me tell you about the relationship that your dad had with me. The day they buried him the next day, there was standing room only where he was at. They had to open up other rooms in the facility where they had his funeral. You couldn't get around the place with a guy that didn't have any money his entire life, but he loved people. And you tell me why we spend 95% of our time chasing material possessions that nobody cares about. And we spend very little time investing in the relationship. You just think about the guy that's got that on his mind that is chasing success. It's good. I love to make money. There's nothing wrong with making money. I hate it when people say, oh, money's not important. I want to go, you liar. It is important. Let's take it away from you. See how important it is. But think about that same guy if he cares about other people. Can you only imagine what that guy can do if he's willing to give and give back to the community and help others and edify and lift them up simultaneously making money? I'm telling you, man, you can rock the world. The problem is, is we're too focused on ourselves. And when we change that and we start looking outward, huge success can come your way. I
0: love it. All right, so Aaron, uh, share with us, what is your favorite website, app, or digital resource and why? Because that always helps some of our listeners.
1: Yeah, two or three things that we like. We like Streak, Uh, that's good. Uh, We also like Grammarly, it's good. Text Expander those three things really rock our world. So we love what, Text Expander.
0: What does that do? I Text
1: Expander about. is uh, it's an app. Or it's a software that you can get. It's very affordable. It's about fifty bucks, and then you can build a custom email, and then you can save it with a code, and you can type the code in the field, and it auto populates that. So if you're writing many, many, many similar uh, emails, or you can just change the first line to customize it and you don't have to write the whole thing. So you can build it with links. You can build it with whatever you want and it saves an inordinate amount of time. It's called text expander.
0: Love that. Give back your time, get it back. What is the one thing Aaron that you want the world to know about being successful in business?
1: Yeah, always people over profit. Never the other way. Always. Go to the nth degree. You talked about people earlier that take advantage of you. That's okay. That's part. the bad fruit at the supermarket. That's just cost of doing business. There's always going to be people taking advantage of you. I want to rise above that. I want to be above the fray. I want to be the guy that is lifting other people up, taking them to heights they've never been, and building those relationships. And when you do that, you go home a winner.
0: For th- this is so good. All right. So before we head into the hustle round, uh, Startup Nation, I just want to let you know we are listening to Aaron Walker. You can find him at viewfromthetop.com. You can get his book, View from the Top, uh, as well. And check out his mastermind group, Iron Sharpens Iron. If you need a mastermind, if you need some coaching, if you need that accountability that has helped Aaron to be successful in life, you can find that at viewfromthetop.com. Aaron, welcome to the hustle round. This is where I ask you 12 quickfire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Hang on one second. So Aaron, uh, this is the uh, welcome to the hustle round. This is where I'm asking 12 quickfire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. First thing that comes to you. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. Go. All right. Fantastic. Aaron, what is your favorite sound?
1: My favorite sound is, uh, wow, don't overthink it. Kenny G.
0: I love Kenny G. (laughs) I love it. What's your least favorite sound? Uh, Silence. Got it. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: Uh, An entrepreneur. Okay. What are you most afraid of? Being successful at the wrong thing. Mm.
0: What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in business?
1: Hmm. What did I spend the, Oh man, golly working, but I wanted to, and I needed to, uh, I don't, I had to pass. I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What secret, (laughs) what secret fear do you have about people?
1: I don't, I don't have any secret fear about people. Uh, I think that people are striving to accomplish their goals and dreams and I want to help them do it.
0: Okay. What do you wish you had learned sooner in your business?
1: how to build the relationships even faster.
0: Mm -hmm. What is the new habit you want to form?
1: New habit I want to form. You know what? I want to unplug when I unplug. And that's difficult for me to be honest with you. Even after 38 years of marriage, it's still a challenge for me to be totally present when I'm present because I so love what I do. And I'm, uh, location independent, and I can do it at any hour of the day or night because of national and international clients. And turning it off for me is very difficult. I need a lot of discipline and accountability because otherwise I would work nonstop. And I know that's not healthy.
0: Got it. And what's a bad habit you want to
1: break? Uh, not being able to unplug when I should unplug.
0: <laughs> they both go together sometimes. Yeah. Uh, pick three words to describe who you are now.
1: Yeah, I'm very determined. Uh, I persevere, and I have a lot of grit. Mm.
0: Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in business.
1: Arrogant, uh, cocky, condescending. Mm.
0: Love it. Now, you spoke earlier about your father and at, uh, when, at his funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine sometime in the distant future, and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Mm-hmm. Read to us what it says on it
1: yeah my life was better as a result of having known him
0: love it that's awesome uh who's him me got oh got it got it (laughs) i see what (laughs) you did there
1: i I hope you uh, yeah i was you saying what are people going to say yeah yeah and my hope is is my life was better as a result of having
0: known him of knowing aaron love it okay and last question if you could come back to life after you died aaron And tell your family and friends only one piece of advice. What would you say to them?
1: Yeah, I would say that family is much more important than anything that you'll do. And I would say place your confidence and trust in Christ and you'll live a successful life.
0: Love it. And it's all about relationships. Aaron, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you?
1: Yeah. Thank you, Joseph. Viewfromthetop.com. Uh, you can connect with me there, phone numbers, emails. Uh, Twitter is at BFT Coach, and uh, follow me on Facebook. So Aaron Walker on Facebook.
0: Fantastic. And for any of my listeners who are interested in your Iron Shepard's Iron Mastermind, give, give me one or two um, benefits that they would get from joining your mastermind group. What would yeah, it do for a- them in their life?
1: Yeah, it's a life transformational experience because you're meeting with 10 other men on a regular basis on a video Zoom call. There's two live meetups a year. There's an accountability tool. We do Man in the Middle weekly. We have themes every month. We read a book every single month together, and it will take you to heights that I promise you've never been when you surround yourself with a council of the multitudes.
0: Love it. And they can find that at?
1: Viewfromthetop.com.
0: Love it. Aaron Walker, thank you for joining us today. And I wish you peace, love, and superpowers, my friend.
1: Have a good one, Joseph. We'll see you, buddy. You too, brother. Kay.
0: Startup Nation, head over to first100k.com for even more tools, tactics, and tricks you can use to go from A to 100K. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll catch you on the next show. Peace. woo uh-huh.